You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. The Gemara asks, when, when did that happen? Where do you see a record that the Schuta vote is gone? Amarav, Mimos Hoshea ben Bari, from the Novi Hoshea. What Hoshea say? Hoshea said, galet I'm going to reveal the, the, the carcass of, of, of Claudius in front of all the, its lovers. And no man will be able to save me at that point. Who's the man? The man, of course, the Ish is Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov. So from the time of Hoshea, Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov aren't going to be able to stop the Chorban. So you see, at the time of Hoshea, which is towards the end of the first base Hamikdosh, the Schut Avot had stopped. That's what God says. Up until that time, the Avot were able to put up a fight. They can't do it anymore. Shmuel, who was the one who told us that the Schut Avot uh, Shmuel, who's the one who told us that the Schut Avot had stopped, Shmuel, remember, may Chazael. Shenemar, the Chazel Melacharam, Lochatz Sisro, Koyeme Yochaz. Aha, the Chazel, Chazael, this was an, a, a, a Melachavaram. He was someone who, Gersh, I'm sorry, we're on the daft before. If, if uh, it's a pleasure to see you, but we're on, we're on the daft before we were still a little bit behind. So I, I, I ask Mechila from you. So, Chazel, what did it say over there? Lochatz Sisro, Koyeme Yochaz. That Chazal, that Chazael was always a thorn in the side of Klal Yisrael in the time of Yehochaz HaMelech. When God saved us from Chazael's persecution, it says, Great. And he didn't want to destroy them. Though he shlicha me'al panav. He did not uh, throw them away from... Yeah. You'll be able to speak if you want. He did not throw them away from him. Ad ata. Until now. Meaning, they just got in under the wire. At the time of Chazael and... And, 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 and the issues between how he was persecuting uh, the Jewish people, Schutavot is still there, but it stops now. This is the last time. Rabbi Shuman Levi says it was actually earlier, maybe. Because what Elio say? This is, of course, where uh, Elio, by the time of Harakarmel, he said that. Hashem, he davened, Hashem, okay, he wanted the fire to come down and prove against the Nevi'ah Abal. He said, Hashem, okay, Avram, Yitzhak, Yisrael, Hayom Yivada, Kiyata, Lokim, B'Yisrael, Vani, Abdecha. U'bidvorach, Asisi, Eskol, Advarim, Ha'eleh. What does it say? Hashem, Elokei, Avram, Yitzhak, Yisrael, Hayom Yivada. It's still time enough. Today, why does he say Hayom? Obviously, it's today. It means you can still get in the Schuta vote now to bring the fire down and bring Claudius Yisrael back. But after that time, it would stop. Um, and again, you have to know in Tanakh, which time is a little bit earlier. They're obviously towards the time of the end of the first uh, Beis Hamikdash, but there are differences if you, if you look through the Nevi'im, when exactly it stopped. Rabbi Yochanan Omar, you can prove it from Chizkiyo, from the Tfilad and Yeshayo. What does it say? It says, that there's going to be a king, and that would be Chizkiyo. Of course, the Christians say it's Jesus, but 
this is what they take this into this pasuk to mean. But of course, we know this is about the Chizkiyo, or maybe the Mashiach, who's uh, going to stand in the place of Chizkiyo. But in terms of the great power, Shalom and Kates and all the peace, Al Kisei David Vial Mamlachto, he's going to be that king. Lachinoso to give him permanence, and to support him And what's going to make that happen for Chizkiyo? Kinas Hashem not The fact that God says, "Look, I can't have my people be slaughtered. I can't have my people be in a difficult state." But it's only the kinas Hashem. It's not because of the schutavot. That's the way Rashi explains what that proof is. So all of these people are telling us that in many ways the schuta vote is no longer there. Now Rabbi Nutam in Tosfa says that why are we daven still for the avot? What are we trying to say? So in in, in, in that manner, uh, Rabbi Nutam says that the Brita vote is still there. The Brita vote is still there. However, the schuta vote uh, might be gone. There's still a Brit. But we can't just mention the avot and get out of stuff. We have to deal with something stronger than schut. We have to deal with the fact that there was a covenant, there was a deal, and that deal was so solid, that's not shattered by time. The schut avot, the fact that the Rabboni Shalom sees in us our parents, that's the schut avot, that the avot, the way they acted in terms of their mitzvahs and mice and tovim, the way they acted in their tzitkas and kedusha, the way the avot acted, that was... We replicate that, even though we don't. God says, look, when I look at you, I look at Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, I see the tzitkas that they did, I'm going to save you as well. That's the schuta vote. The brita vote is something else. The brita vote is God made a deal with them, that he's going to protect us. Uh, he's going to protect us because we're their children, because that's the deal. And that we still have. The schuta vote, we don't have as much. Maybe we have the schut of our own parents, but we don't necessarily have the schut taking us back to Avram, Yitzchok, and Yaakov. Okay. Amar Vami, Rami says something which seems to be logical. Ein mitabochet. People don't die unless there's a chet involved. Ein yisurin below avam. And when yisurin occur, it's because there's some sort of aveir they've done. Ein mitabochet, tersiv, anefesh achotati tamut. What is it that brings death? What brings death is when you sin. The nefesh that sins dies. Ben Av, a son should not be suffered because he shouldn't carry the sin of his father. It's his own, he's his, he's his own individual person. The righteousness of a tzaddik rests on the tzaddik himself. Okay, so you see it's all based on what? On Mishpat and Din. You, you, when you die, it's because of your Averis. You get sick, it's because of your Averis. And similarly, below That's what we're saying. How do you know even uh, illnesses and things like that, difficulties in jobs and shalom bayis, whatever all the Yisurin you have is. God meets down upon us, visits us, so to speak, with, with his stick, our own sins. And he gives us pains and suffering. Avonam. Our Averis transmute into God's Mishpat. Mida and Mida. There's Din and Mishpat. And that's the reason people die and people get sick. That's what Ravami says. Now we're going to see if that's true. We're going to see if that holds true. 
Let's go to the next page. The Mishnah says, We have a price that seems to go against Rav Ami the Amora. Why did you pass in Misa on Odom? Why should he die? Was it so bad? So let's see what let's see what God answered the Malachi Ashara. So Amr Lahem Mitzvah Kawatsibisov. I gave him one small mitzvah of Avra Leha and he and he was over it. So they said, Okay, he did an Avera. And for him, even though he was so great and he did an Avera, so it means a lot. When you have someone that's so big and has all the advantages of of, of Adam, even a small not doing a small mitzvah is enough reason to punish him. I'll, I'll agree to that. Amrulei, but but then they said to God, the Malach Hashores. Amrulei, they said to God, Again, remember they see all history and they see that there's going to be people in history like Aaron and Moshe, who of course lived and fulfilled and in their lives were living embodiments of Torah, and they still died. Amrulem. So he said to them, um, he said, you know what? They said, that once death is in the world, then even even Sadiqim die. Especially once the Dor Hamidbar had the Xerah for their Avera, that they weren't going to live and make it to Israel. So Moshe and Aaron get caught up with that. But basically, what you see from there is that there are people who really get, they, they didn't sin. Their generation sinned. They tried to stop the generation. They weren't like the Gemara before. And yet they were swept away because of the Averis of the generation. So you see that death and punishment occurs to people even though there's not an Averis to justify it. That's what this Brisa seems to say. The Brisa, starting with the Malachi Ashari, is getting the answer from God. So what is Ravami? How's Ravami going to uh, survive? He's got another Tana backing him up. So once again, this is a very big philosophical issue that's something which many people discuss and argue about. And Chazal also had two different opinions on it. The Tanya of Shimon ben this is, of course, the son of Shimon bar Yochai that said, Af there was a sin that justified their death. And the Pasuk says that, Shinemar, because what happens when he tells them that they're not going into Eretz Yisrael, Hashem says clearly, Yan lehimantem bi. You guys did not generate enough emun in me. You didn't live up to what I wanted you to do. If they had done the right thing, had they spoken to the stone or whatever their Avera was there by the, by, by the, by, by the, by the, by the, by the, uh, in Parshas Chukas, they, they would not have died. They would have, I don't know, maybe, I don't know if they would have lived forever, but they definitely would, they would, they would have made it into Eretz Yisrael. So that's a proof. So that's Rav Ami's okay. Now we're still attacking Ravami. Mesu is another brisa. It says Arba Mesu Beetir Shal Nochosh. Therefore, the died because of what the Nochosh's Eitzah was. Etio is the Eitzah. Some cause, some call, some say this is the uh, the bite of the snake, but the Etio means the Eitzah of the Nochosh. Meaning the Nochosh gave the Eitzah to Chava, and once Chava took that Eitzah to be like God and to change uh, everything around, that was considered uh, the Etio Shal Nochosh. And who are those four? Meaning, let me explain this better. The Nochash brought death into the world. And really, once death was there, death was a reality for people. But there are people that die, not because of what they did, because of what the Nochash set in motion. If we look at their lives, they were faultless. We can't find anything negative about them. Be'lu who are those four? Ben Yom and Ben Yaakov. 
we can't find one Avera with Binyamin. And, and believe me, you know, again, he lived, he was the youngest brother, and, but he lived in a difficult time. There was a lot of issues between the brothers and Yosef. Binyamin had no Averas. Binyamin, according to this, nothing. His brother Yosef, yes, but not Binyamin. That's what, we say, that's what he's called, Binyamin Atzadik. Binyamin Atzadik. Rav Salvechik says that's one of the reasons why that in Bayesheni we have this Chibur between Yehuda and Binyamin. And that's, of course, they were the main shvatim. Maybe there's very few other shvatim there. But Binyamin always stood for the tzaddikim. Yehuda, of course, was the rulers, the leaders, the people that got things done. But the tzaddikim, the ones, the Anche Sod, the Mukubolim, that was what Shevet Binyamin uh, was able to produce, just like their uh, progenitor, the original Binyamin himself, Binyamin Atzadik. Who else? Amram Avi Moshe. Moshe's father, Amram. V'yishai Avi David. V'kilov ben David. So Moshe's, David's father and grandfather were both faultless. David, we know, was a, did Averis. We know that with Bathsheba. We know he admitted on that. But his father was faultless and so was his son. V'kulo, how do we know it's all true? How do we know that there was no Averis? Gemara. Gemara means there was a tradition about that. We have been passed down to us, and we know about these men. Except for Yishai, there is a hint to the fact that Yishai only died because of what the Nochosh brought into the world. Why? The Mefarish Beikra. The Pasuk is sort of open about it. You wouldn't call this open if you would look at it as a biblical reader or as a parshan, but the Gemara considers this open. The Siv, that's Amsha, some of Shalom Tachas Yoev. Amsha was now placed uh, um, in the place of Yoav to be, uh, 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 in other words, Absalom made Amsha uh, the general in the place of Yoav, Sartzeva. Who was Amsha? Benish. Of course, he was the, the son of an important person. Ushmo Yisra HaYisraeli. That was his father, Yisra. And who was Yisra? What was Yisra? Asher Bo El Avigayel Bas Nachash. And Yisra had had relations in marriage or before somehow with Avigayel. Who was Avigayel? Avigayel was the daughter of Nachash. And who else was she? Uh, Avigayel? She was Achos Tzeruya. She was Tzeruya's sister. Now, and who were, uh, and who is Tzeruya? Tzeruya is the mother of Yoav. Okay, so you can figure out the whole complicated family history here. But Amsha's mom, Amsha's mom was was the the daughter of Nachash, Vechibas Nachashu. We know that Amsha's mom was Tzeruya's sister, and we know that Tzeruya was one of was 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 one of the sons of uh, was one of the sisters, uh, the the daughters. Of, of Yishai. So you see that Tzeruya and Avichayu, these were two sisters. They were both daughters of Yishai. And now you're telling me she's called the daughter of Nachash? So what does that mean? So means to say, which is incredible. In other words, this nickname that he had was called Snake. Why was his nickname Snake? Yeah, not because he was like related to like Ken Stabler, but you know why he was called Snake? He was called Snake because a snake, the Nachash, a Kadmoni, was the whole reason why he lived like a man that was going to die. In other words, yes, she was, she, he gave birth to her, 
when we talk about people giving birth and, and putting forth into the generations, it's because they know the biological imperative is in their brain saying you're going to die. So you have to produce children. The only thing that made Yishai be that way was the Nachash. But in terms of himself, he was as pristine as Adam Rishon before the Chet. And therefore, you see from there a hint that Yishai joined the other three. This is the source for Yishai, that Yishai is only a Ben Nachash. What makes him into a Ben, what makes him birth children, what makes him be worried about dying, what gives him the recognition that he's dying, is only because of what the Nachash did, but not because of anything he did in his life. Hmm. So now let's think about it. We now know that there are four people who died without a chet. So, Mani, who is the author uh, of, of this b'risa? Ilema, Tana the Malachi Ashares. If it's the same one of the Malachi Ashares that say that the only reason Moshe and Aaron died was because they were swept away, Ho'ika Moshe Aaron, they should be in that list. Okay, so obviously this b'risa disagrees with the other one. It has four and not six. But still, who is it? It's Rav Shimon and Elazarie. It's Rav Shimon ben Elazar. And Rav Shimon ben Elazar was the one who says that Aaron and Moshe don't make the list. So even though Aaron and Moshe don't make the list, there's four who do make the list. So you've run out of options, Ravami. So you, you, you want to use Shimon ben Elazar? Shimon ben is not going to help you because who else could be the author of this price? This, right? You, unless, you, unless you find a third price that says you're going to find Chatayim on these three or these four. Good luck. You're not going to be able to do that. So I saw in a note today, and one of the Gemars that I have, that it mentions that the Meiri says, even though this is a Tiyufta, what Ravami said is still very important, and we have to believe it. And he has a big principle here, which I didn't get a chance to look up, which is that sometimes Tiyufta doesn't necessarily mean a complete knockout when it comes to Divrei Agadita. Tiyufta is very important when it comes to Dvar Halacha, how we paskin. But it could be in this world of Hashkofa, do people die for Averis or not? Tiyufta doesn't necessarily register. Okay, Amram um, here comes a lot of famous Gemaras coming up. If somebody says that Ruvain sinned, he made a mistake. Yes, it sounds like he made an Avera, but you're really misreading it. There's a mistake. Because what does it say right after in the same puzzle? Let's take a look inside. Let's take a look in the puzzle inside with me as we move over the uh, over here to this puzzle. I'm just gonna make it a little bit bigger. You can see over here it says, Okay. Then it sounds like Reuven slept with his aunt. He, according to Chazal, he definitely slept with his father's wife, his father's Pilegish. But Yishma Yisro and Yisro heard about it. We don't know what he acted upon it yet. He acted upon it later in Parshas Vayichi. Then says Vayichi b'nei Yaakov Shneimasar, and Yaakov's children were twelve. That's a strange thing. Why do you have to write Yaakov's children were twelve in that pasuk? It's like a weird connect. The pasuk doesn't flow at all. You mention a terrible thing, similarly that Ruvain did, but the fact that the pasuk ends with that phrase is supposed to tell you, even though the words are written as if he did a bad thing, as if he slept with Bilha. It says that Shnei Masar. Melamed, what do you see from there? Shekul and Shkulin. They're all the same Ka'achas, even Ruvein. I, Mayan and Mekayim, what about the first part of the Pasuk? Yishkav has Bilba Pilegish Aviv. Doesn't mean he slept with her. Melamed Shebilbel Matzo Shaloviv. He took the sheet, he took the blanket, he took the bed things, the things that Yaakov would use in order to have sexual relations with his wives. 
and he confused them. He put them somewhere else. By doing that, that's as if he slept with her. The fact that he got involved in his father's deals, his father's situation, his father had a determination who he was going to sleep with. He had three remaining wives. Rachel had died. There were three wives left. And therefore, he decided what he wanted to do. Ruvain, it's not Ruvain's business to get involved in that. Tanya, The truth is, you have to say that Tzadik Ruvain did not have that Avera. And not even think of doing that Avera, of sleeping with his, with his, with his, with his stepmother. It didn't happen. How could it be? It would be it would be a contradiction in terms. Epsha Osid Zarlam and Areva. We know in, 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 at the end of Sefer Dvarim and Parshas Nitzavim, it says we know that the Shevet Ruvin was one of the tribes that stood in Areva and screamed out, "Or Shochevimish Aviv, Or Shochevimish Aviv, Or is the person who sleeps with his father's wife, someone his father, his father's his stepmother." And it should be that Ruvain himself is emphasizing the Torah that he did this. We know very little about what the, the, the life history of people in the Torah. And this is one of the details we know about Ruvain. So how could it be? How, it's, a, it's an incredible contradiction in terms. If he actually did this, how can it be? And we want to tell you this detail that he's the shaver that ends up uh, declaring against uh, sleeping with, with your stepmother. What happened was like this. Rashi mentions this in Chumash. El Bonimo Tova. El Bonimo, he was worried about his mom. He worried about Leah. Omar, imachos imi imi. I understand that Rachel, while she was alive, was a tzara. She took my father just as much as, as my mother wanted. And in a way, sometimes even more. And sometimes I even understood that maybe in some ways my father loved my aunt more than my mother. But shifcha achos imi. The shivcha of Rachel to Hetzara Le'imi, she should now stand as an equal? She should be like a Tzara to Leah? So what did he do? He said, you know what? The bed of Bilo, I'm moving away. I know Yaakov is planning to go in Bilo's bed. I'm going to put Leah's bed in here. What does it mean that he just was mevalvel the matzah of, of, of Bilo? It meant what? Shtei matzos bilbel. There were two matzos. Acha shol shchinov, acha shol aviv. The truth was he got, he, not only did he get into his father's uh, private affairs, he also got involved with the shchina itself. Why, says Rashi? That kacho yaosa ba'arba ole noshev. And there were four tents. Each tent was the private boudoir where Yaakov would come and have sexual relations with one of his four wives. But there were actually two, there were two beds in that tent. What did the other bed represent? Maimon mita l'shchina. There'd be a bed representing God. And Yaakov, what he would do is he would put his face into the bed, into the, into the tent, and he would sense the Shekhinah on the bed. He says, oh, that's the one that God wants me to have relations with. When a tzaddik has sexual relations, incredible things are happening. Whether children are born or not, the unifications in the upper worlds, what's happening there, the Shekhinah is, is, is powerful, is becoming closer into the world. Yaakov recognized that he was the living agent to help God put spirituality into this world. 
And therefore, when Ruvain decides to get involved, he's not just dealing with who gets lovey-dovey, who gets cuddled. He's also talking about the Shechina, because the lovemaking of Yaakov is really, in a sense, a part of the Ava that's going to happen from God towards the world in some amazing way. And therefore, you're, getting, you're, you're playing more than just with me. You're playing with the Shechina itself. Incredible, incredible things that we're learning about today. So that's part of what he did wrong. Anyway. That's the Yitzuye. In other words, it's, it isn't just one bed. In a way, it's actually almost like two beds. Alisa, in other words, Al Mishkava, in other words, you were Ayla to the Mishkava the Shechina. It wasn't just I got up on the bed and moved it. You're playing with something that, that that's, was bigger than Ruvain. And therefore, that was the Aveira that he did. Whether he actually did it or not seems to be a Machlekes Tanoim. Why? One Pasuk says, Pachas Kemayim Altosar. That's the Pasuk about Ruvain in the Brocha, of, of, of not the Brocha, but the semi clover that he gets in Parshas Vayechi. Rebel Ezermer, what does it mean, Pachas Kemayim? Posto chavta zolta. What does that mean? Posto chavta zolta. Pachas kamayim. So what that means is Rashi says it's nutrikin. It's 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 a compound word, meaning you were rash, you you denigrated, and therefore posto uh, zolta. So that is uh, a remez to the fact that Ruvain actually did an Avera. And it sounds like Ruvain actually did try to sleep with her. That's what the Gemara is saying, according to Rebbe Yezer. Rebbe Shuamar, Posato Aldos. Which means what? You went uh, against the religion. Chatoso, Zanisa. That's again, Pachaz. Zion is the uh, pay is Pasato. Ches is Chatoso. Zion is Zonisa. Rebbe Liezer is Posta Chavta Zolta. So Rebbe Liezer and Rebbe Yeshua, the two great uh, Rabbeim of Rebbe Akiva, great students of Yochanan ben Zakkai, both of them seem to say that the Ruvain was a Balaveira. Not like what we've seen here from Rebbe Shimon Menelos, Rebbe Shimon Yochai's son, and Rebbe Shmuel Bar Nachmeni, the Amora. It sounds like these Tanoim are learning Pashib Shat. Rebbe Gamliel Omer, Pilalta chalalta zorchat filosecha. What does that mean? That seems to, Rabbi Gamliel seems to be like that other shita, the shita of Rabbi Shimon. Pilalta means you davened. Zorchat filosecha, right? That's pachaz. Pilalta cholsa. What happened was you gave more davening, Vayachal, you daven more. You did two types of davening and your tefillah worked. That's Zion, your tefillah emanated. So you see that uh, Rav Gamliel is the one who holds, Ruven didn't do the Avera. He says, even though I, I, I argue with these other great men, I still need some help. And who's going to help me? Another Atana, Rav Lazar Moidoi. Because what does he say? Take the word pachaz 
and put the word pachas backwards. What's the word pachas? The word pachas backwards stands for zizato, like you were you were you were shaking. Here tato, you moved away. Porcha, it flew away. Chet mimcha, and and that sort of sounds like there might have been an element of machshava in this chet. In other words, you were nervous. In other words, you were nervous in the sense, you know, again, you you were nervous in the sense that um, maybe you thought about sleeping with her. But obviously you moved away from it and the chet flew away from you and you weren't guilty of the chet. So again, Rabbi Lazar Madoy is not exactly what we saw before from Rabbi Shimon and Lazar, that he has nothing to do with a sexual avera. I believe if you take a look at Rabbi Zermado, he's saying he might have had the thoughts, and maybe she was young, and maybe there was a little relationship with them going on, but he he, he didn't really sleep with her. What is pachaz? Let's take a look again. If It's again with, with being backwards. Zacharta on Shushodavar. You remembered what it is if you do that, how, how you're going to get punished. And therefore, Chalisa Atzmacha That's the Ches. And you made yourself sick. That's one way to remember not to do Averis. If you know what, what Averis can do to you, right? If you know what Averis can do to you, then you realize that you can get sick, as we, Rashi says, In other words, you realize that this is intellectually terrible, and, and, and you fight your Yetzirah, and you fight your Yetzirah to the point that you get sick, because the emotional struggle that it took not to do the Aveira could actually make you sick. But once that happens, pirashta then you're not going to do the Aveira. So once again, uh, it sounds like Rava is on board with the other two Tanoim, not with the Rebbe of Shimon, that Ruvain actually did have a Machshava to do the Avera, but this is an eighth of how you stop yourself. You talk to yourself, you talk yourself out of it, you make yourself sick not to do it, even though it takes an incredible emotional strength to do that. And again, um, so, but he actually did not give in. And maybe that's why he's the one who says, Orish. In other words, Maybe he's the one who actually says that. Either way, you could probably say the, the place where you do the Aveira is the place where you have to fix yourself, the Arizal teaches us. The, the place where you are weakest, the place where the Yetzirah is telling you to do it the most, that's the place where you can find your greatest strength. And maybe that's the reason why on Har Evel, they were the ones who screamed it out because they had done tshuva from that and realized that's what they would probably say to answer Rebbe Lozab Rebbe Shimon's time. Okay, let's take a look at the next piece of Gemara. Remember Shmuel ben Achmeni and Rabbi Yenison. Same Shmuel ben Achmeni. If you say the Bnei Eili were chaitim, you're making a mistake. Shneemar. What does it say? It says Visham Shnei Bnei Eili Chafni Upinchas Kayanim Lashem. When the pasuk speaks about what was in Shiloh. Right? When it talks about Elkanah going up to Yerushal, going up to Shiloh, it says who's there. Who's there? Eli, Chafni, Pinchas, Kalanim, Lashem. It puts them all together. So if Chafni and Pinchas were the bums that they seemed to be from the Torah, that they were just grabbing the, the they were demanding, and 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 they and it says it's gonna it's gonna say in a minute that they were actually sleeping with women, then they wouldn't have been called by the Navi 
as Kayane Hashem. Even if they had gone bad later, God would not have told Shmuel to write the story as Kayane Hashem. So if that's true, if that's true, then what are we going to say? We're going to say like this. In other words, Pinchas, we know, was not involved in Eishasish. And Makish Pachafni le Pinchas. Ma Chafni, Ma Pinchas le Chotav Chafni le Right? Now, because when it talked about Yishkevun as Hanoshim, Rashi says, that was going about Chafni. Chafni was the one who was uh, accused of sleeping with women. So since it mentions Chafni and Pinchas together, we'll make a hekish as Kehanim Lashem, just like Pinchas was good, Chafni was also good. I, the Pasuk says, Asher Yishkavun. The Pasuk says, Eli was a Zokin Ma'od, and he heard that, uh, that the, his sons uh, had slept with women that were coming and congregating at Sobos Pesach Ha'il So what does that mean? So it doesn't mean they slept with them. But Mitok Shashow was Kenayan, because remember, they were coming to what? They were, they were Yoledison. They had been Ashish Yoledis. And therefore, they were not allowed, and they were they were still tame. They wanted to eat the carbon. They were up there bringing the carbon. The the birds that were supposed to be brought, they said, "Hey, we can wait. You can stay another night. We'll get to you tomorrow. We got other stuff to do." They didn't realize that these women were up here. They would go to Shiloh. They would bring the carbon, and then they would rush home in order to have relations with their husbands. Some of them have to wait for that. And if they were zavos, that they were bringing the carbon. Zavos were still, in a sense, they were still Tomei. The tumor wasn't completely lifted. They wanted to go home and sleep with their husbands afterwards. So therefore, by you telling the women to wait, in a way, what's, what is that? Since you didn't, since even though the women have an obvious reason why they want the korbanos done, and they want it done efficiently and quickly, there's in order to go home to sleep with their husbands, and, they, and you're not letting them do that. So it's as if you slept with them because you're stopping them from sleeping with their husbands and that frustration. It's like you slept with them. And that's what the Pusik means. But not that they actually were over Ashish. Who from Rapinchas, Pinchas Leichot. I know Pinchas himself was not a Chote because the Pusik says, when it speaks about uh, the Kohen Godel, it says, Achia ben Achitov, Achi Avi. Rod ben Pinchas ben Eli Kohen Kashem. So it gives the Yichus of Achiyah and it mentions that he was the son of Pinchas. So it doesn't need to mention that he's the son of Pinchas. We're trying to tell you that he was the Kohen Gadol. Why do we need to mention the Yichus back through Pinchas? If it's true that Pinchas was definitely one of the ones the people spoke about that had slept with women, we know God basically says a person who, who sleeps with women, who is involved in sexual activities, God gives courage to such a person. And are you going to say such a person should be magish mincha tashem? What does that mean? Im If he's a Yisrael, he's not going to have anybody, such a person who's involved in, in, in wrong sexual activity. We're not going to let him have children that are uh, some of the better students among the Chachamim. 
He's not going to have people that are going to show up and be part of the schools. He's not going to have that schus. Vim knew, and if the person was involved in sexual activities of Kohen, lo yilo ben magish mincha. That's what the Pesach means. That Hashem, when, if you had been involved in this type of terrible Avera uh, of Znus, your grandchild is not going to become a Kohen Lashem. God's not going to let that happen. And yet we here we see he actually seems to be on the cusp of being the Kohen Gadol himself. So it must be, Olav Pinchas says, okay, so Pinchas wasn't even involved in the Ched itself. But I, it says, Yishkavun, which with a Shuruk sounds like they both slept, both Chofni and Pinchas. Mar says, if you look at the way it's written, it's written without any Vav. Yishkavan, with a Komatz. And that could be that Chofni was the only one who the Taino was in. I, Vaksiv, when it says, when Eli speaks to Pinchas, it's El Bonai. He speaks to both his sons. He calls both of them in, not just uh, not just Chofni. He calls Pinchas in too to say, You're both involved. Even though it says, and we read it with a, uh, with, with, with a patach, you could read it with B'ni. You could read it with, with, with the Chirik, B'ni. Meaning it could be he was only talking, that's what we're saying, he only called in uh, Chofni for the bad behavior. I, it says, Mavirim, plural. of Yeshua. Look in your, in my Navi, it doesn't say Mavirim. True, we read a Chirik on the bottom of the Reish, but it could be there's no Chirik there. It could be Maviram, with a Kamatz, meaning you're doing it. Meaning, if you read the Pasik, it's Bini. This is not a Shmuel that I'm hearing that Mavirim, right? Maviram, you are being Mavir, different women of the Amashem, but not Mavirim, that both of you. So it could be the Musar Shmuz that Eli gave. And again, it wasn't, a, we said before, it wasn't that he was actually sleeping with them, is that he was lallygagging and not letting them get home to their husbands. But it could be that Taina was only on one of the sons, was only on Chafni. And not Pinchas. I ksiv, I the Pasik says, B'nai Eli, B'nai Belial, Lo Yadu et Hashem. And the word Yadu, you can't say means only one. Yadu, I involve, clearly means they both were guilty. Amrshbul, what does that mean? It means, Pinchas because Pinchas left Chofni to his own devices. He let Chofni uh, stop the women. He knew what Chofni was doing. He didn't speak to him. That's what we saw before. And now I've got to go to uh, uh, Hebrew books for this. So let's go to Hebrew books. You can see it here, up here on the Gemara. Right? The people who say Shmuel, the sons of Shmuel, were Chaitim, are also making a mistake. Shemar, what does the Pasuk say? The Pasuk says, Vayikasher. Vayikasher, Zokein Shmuel. Ubanav Lohochel Bedrochov. 
That's what it says. In other words, that's one of the reasons why they asked for a melech. They asked for a melech because they didn't go in the derech of Shmuel. It doesn't say they did Averis. They didn't go in Shmuel's derech. But they weren't choytim. Look, they weren't on the level of their father. And maybe that was enough of a reason for them to say, hey, we need a king. But don't call them choytim. Almani Mekayim. What is I the Pasuk says when it speaks about him? It says, Vayitu that they seem to go after graft. That doesn't really mean, that means they were leaning towards it. It doesn't mean, again, the Navi writes in very, uh, very, uh, in, sometimes imprecise, but very delicate terms. What does that mean? What does that mean? That they went after Betza? Shulay also Kamai Saviyam. They weren't like Shmuel. Shmuel said, look, I am a traveling, I'm the Novi of Klal Yisrael, but I'm also the Shaifit that you need. I need to, you need to hear Dasteira from me. So therefore, I'm going to go from city to city. Shanamar, what was Shmuel did? It says the Pasuk and Shmuel Balach, Midashana, Bishana, 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 He went from place to place. He was like an itinerant traveler who would actually go everywhere. Which meant what? There was no way people would have to come to him. He would go to them, I'm your servant. And he didn't charge. Why? Why did they force people to come to them? Not because they were lazy, but they figured, you know what? Look, Shmuel, every place he goes, he's got to find a cipher and a die and get Adim. Every place he goes, sort of like Rav Nota Greenblatt, he was a gesundsein, who I was to be close with Mishamashim. He wrote Gittin all over America. Every place he went, he had different people they used to write a get, different people that were involved in the, what they did him, that, the sort of the Besden that he would make. But it's a pain in the neck to know, to know where to go, to find this person and that person. Got to keep a, a big record. And sometimes it's, it's catch as cast can. But so Shmuel's sons figured, we can still, we, dad taught us how to do the job, how to be good Dayanim. We're going to set up our Bezdin Shtib here. We'll give some Parnosa to the Sofer, to the guy who opens up. We're going to give some Parnosa, Skarbatola, to the people who are here. It was a way to give Parnosa to people. And that's the reason why they did it. But it wasn't that they were chote. Says Rashi, Those are the guys, hey, come on in. He's ready for you. You have to pay that guy something. And the sofreyim. What were the sofreyim? Rashi explains why you need a sofer. First of all, you need a sofer. Very important. You ever go to Bezdin? Some of you I know have thought of going to Bezdin before. What, 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 what do you have in a Bezdin? Shtari birurin. You need to write a document that shows that each side agrees. It has to be written up carefully. You need a person who knows how to write. It has to be something that has to be niskayim. Not everybody knows how to write well. Not everybody has the parchment. You have to pay for the cipher. Igrishum. And sometimes you need letters of empowerment, what the Psaq Din is, in order to be to order to collect from. So the sofer got to be paid. So Shmuel's son setting up a little Bezdin were able to create Parnosa. So there wasn't, we don't think there's something so terrible about that. However, it's not what Shmuel did. Because in a way, money was going into the kitty. Money was going into the kitty. And, and, and it seemed like they were taking money to Paskin. It seemed like you need to pay them to get into to the Bezdin. And that wasn't right. 
At least it was not what Shmuel was like. Shmuel didn't work that way. Kitanoi. Maybe this is a machlekes tanoim, whether they were actually did averus or not. It says They went after graft. They went after uh, things that were incorrect. Rav Meir Omar, chelkom What does that mean? They actually asked for money. What does Rav Yudah say? Malai hitilu abalebatim. What does that mean? Malai hitilu abalebatim. Let's look at Rashi. Um, in other words, basically what happened was like this. They were Talmud HaChachamim. But they, they had, with their extra funds, they figured, look, these guys work all day. They know where the business lies. They take trips up the Mediterranean and sell stuff. So they would give pragmatia, la'asakba. They'd say, look, uh, can you, can, if we buy this stuff, can you sell it and we'll be partners with you? And therefore, even though it was a clear deal, and you might say it was not really a favor. They gave them the capital and it was a, everybody would say, that doesn't mean you've done me a favor, but because it was a favor. Because later when such a person who you had a business relationship with, and not only a business relationship with it, but you benefited you, you should have recused yourself. And there, but they didn't. And that's why it was like Betza. What is Chelku Shol Befiyem? They were Leviyem. So they asked for Meiser Shani. They asked for Meiser Rishon. They said, you know what? They knock on the door and say, look, we are Levium. We deserve Meiser. So, and what happened? Like we were in Masech Tespeya. It's, it's wrong for one Levi or one Ani to corner the market. And when the sons of Shmuel knock on your door and ask for Meiser, you're going to give it to them. So therefore, that was, in a way, called betza. It wasn't betza in terms of how they paskined, but it was sort of like betza in terms of being money-hungry and taking away stuff from the other levium who were poorer. So let's read again the shitas. Which meant they asked the Balabatim to do business for them and to, to be their partners in business deals, and that made them not able to be... Um, uh, impartial when Din Taira came. Rabbi Kiva Aimer Kupa Yisera Shal Maiser Notul Bizroa. He says they took more Maiser than they should. They took more Maiser than they should. Rabbi Yosi said they took Matonos as well. They took what? They took Zroya Lachayim and Keva. That wasn't their schus, right? They weren't Kohanim. I don't know why. Maybe they thought that they learned the Pasuk differently. I'm not sure why they thought they were right to that. But that's what it meant, Betza. Now, obviously, the person's going to give it to a Koyan anyway. But by giving it to the sons of Shmuel, that was incorrect. And that was, I would say, that would count as a chet. But um, not sure. Okay, now we get to uh, a very uh, touchy topic in many people's eyes. Just go for a couple more minutes, and then we're going to stop. 
If you think David was Choyte, you're making a mistake. Even that Pesach was written earlier, but again, if that's what the Rabbanu Shalom wanted written in the Torah by Shmuel, whoever wrote uh, Sefer Melochim, Sefer, Sho, Sefer Shmuel, that means David himself actually was that person. That's the way we introduce him. You say, Hashem Imo, God is always with him. What does the Pesach say when Nosan Anavi comes to him? Remember when he gives him the Moshal and he says, you went against God. You caused Uriah to die. So uh, you went against, you were Mavaza God. How can you say David didn't sin? He wanted to sin. He wanted to kill Uriah. He wanted to, to get rid of Uriah, but it really wasn't a sin. Who says that again? Remember. Um, who, right, uh, who's the one who says that? Um, it was Rebbe who said it. Let's read it again. Um, We'll see in a minute. Amarav, Rebbe, Yehuda Nosi, who I studied with, the Osimi David, because he came from David Amelech, Mahapech, he sort of flips the simple meaning of the Pasik, the Dorish Peshusei. And he tries to be Dorish in a way that David, who is his great great grand grandfather, ends up being all right. Peshusei the David. Madua Baziso is Dvar Hashem. Meaning you wanted to do evil. Li'asos means you were mavaza the Dvar Hashem, you considered it insignificant because you were ready to do it. And that's what uh, the Gemara meant before as well. When the Gemara says, mazisa, bazisa, Dvar Hashem, li'asos, it means, li'asos means your attempt, that you were thinking to go against the Dvar Hashem. That's what li'asos means. And that's and that comes from Yehuda Anosi. Why? If you ever see a, a Russia do an Avero, when it talks about the Malochim who did wrong, it says Vayas Hara. It doesn't say Bikshu Asos, or it doesn't say Laasos. Bekanksiv Laasos. Again, what does the Pasik say? The Pasik says, let's read the Pasik again. Madua bazisa dvar Hashem leasos. It should say Madua asita. What's bazisa dvar Hashem leasos? The poetic language. The poetic language is a clue that he actually didn't do it. And Rebbe proves it from the fact that he checked other places where the Torah speaks about kings and others who do evil. It doesn't say leasos. Shabika shasos also. I, the Pesach says, Nosson tells him, that you, you killed Uriah with the sword. So we'll explain, according to Rebbe, that it doesn't mean that you, that you actually killed him. The problem was not that he died. He was Chai of Misa. But instead of sending him out to the front to die by the Polishtim, whoever it was that they were fighting, 
Cherev ben Amon of the Amonim, to, to, the Amonim, you should have made a public spectacle and made a din Torah and, 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 and proven that he was guilty. Vodanta. Okay, we'll see what, 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 what he could have been guilty of. What about it says, it says, you took his wife. So Rebbe says, Farkert. Look at the Pasuk carefully. It doesn't mean that he, you took someone's wife. It says, it should have said, Tafasta. What is Lakachta Lacha? It means you could take her. You were, you, you could do Kedushin in her. Lakuchin Yesh Aha. True. It was Uriah's wife. And it was probably not the nicest thing to do, but you do have a Lakuchin in her. Why? How could you have Lakuchin? She's an Ashes Ish. They would write a get. So when Uriah went out to battle, Uriah had written a get to Batsheva, and therefore, technically, she wasn't really married to him. That's Machlekes Rashi Tesis, whether it was a get mamish or a get out tonight. Some, some learn, Rashi learns it was a get mamish. And therefore, even though, then he would come back and remarry her. People didn't know about it, but Dabana Melech knew. So therefore, technically, she was not an Ashish Ish. Tesis, I think, believed, Tesis says, I think, that really, the get was a get out tonight. No, that's, the, I, I, I'm reversing it. Rashi says it was a Tanai. Rashi says it was a Tanai that if, if, if Uriah dies, she's Lamafreya, not an Ashish Ish. So this way, David was turning it out in a way that Uriah would die. So it turned out that the sex that he had had with her was with a woman who was a Penuya. And this way, the child wouldn't be a mom's or anything else. So really, David HaMelech, technically, if he does this right, which is what he did, he actually got Uriah to die. So it turned out, according to Rashi, that at the time that David took her, she was a divorced woman. Taisa says that the, the minag was to be magarish them bitsina. And this way, only the people in the military knew it, and everybody thought else that she was an Ashish. Still, it was something that David knew about, based on our Rashi or Taisa. At the, at the time, it definitely was mechur adover, but technically, it wasn't, he wasn't guilty of sleeping with a married woman. Okay, that's what we're saying here. How do we know that's true, though? Shinemar. Because we know that when Goliath was attacking uh, Claudius Yisrael, and Claudius Yisrael's army was behind Shoal, we know that the sons of David, who were big, strong guys, the brothers of David, were big, strong guys, Yishai's children, and they were fighting on the front. And we know that that's how David comes to the front and discovers Goliath there. Why was David sent to the front? He wasn't a soldier. Because he was sent by Yishai. What was he sent by Yishai for? The Nabi says why. He was sent there. Tovi was Sarah Olaf. Bring these uh these uh um bring these uh these these cheeses uh, as a present to the king. see how your brothers are. And take their aruva. Now, Pashapshan aruva is a mashko. Now, why, why would be worried about a mashko and of money they had lent? And they're fighting on the front. Why would there be this idea of bringing the mashko there 
right? What's the aruvasa? Why should you take back their mashkanos? Why would they even be holding a mashkan of something they had, a collateral they took from someone? So it must be our, and the Torah tells, and the Navi tells us about it. My Ruvosam, what's a Ruvosam? Tani Rav Yosef, Devarim Amurav and Beinah LeBeinah. What it was, was a get. In other words, those were the gitin that they had not yet delivered into the hands of their wives. And Yishai wanted to make sure that Yishai's, that, that his daughters-in-law would have the get in their hand. Because if there's a battle and the get will be lost, there won't be any proof to that. So you see from there that these fighters who were fighting at the time of Shoal, and later it was the same minig in the time of David, that they would actually write a get. And that's the proof that there were Gitan, and that's what David was trying to do. I, the Pusik says, It says, you killed him. The first Pusik says, He kisa becherev. But then it mentions again, the Pasuk emphasizes, you killed him with your command. So we, Rebbe makes a drasha. How did you kill him? What is Cherev B'nei Amon? It's like, it's with the Cherev, similar to the sword of the B'nei Amon. Why? Which is, they decided to have war against us, whatever it was. You can't be blamed for those soldiers who are fighting the Jews, who are killing Jews. David can't be blamed for that. So the same way, although you sent them to the front with the orders to lead the charge, the Novi was saying, you killed him, but you're not going to be punished for murder. But why? Why not? What was the rationale that David had to kill him? Just because he wanted to turn out that the that, that, that he, to be he didn't sleep with the nation's ish, and Morris says, as I said earlier, according to Rebbe, he was guilty of death. Why was he guilty of death? My taima, Why? Because when he gave his report to David Amelech, David called for him to come to the front, and he gave the report. He says, he says, you want me to go sleep with my wife now? I can't do that. Uriah said, Adoni Yoav, my, my, my leader Yoav, the general, Adonai, and all the other servants of you, all the other soldiers, they're all out there. I need to be with my troops. Look at the way he talked, though. How did he talk? He didn't mention David first. He said, who's his Adon? Who's his main Adon? Yoav. That's not true. The commander-in-chief was David. And in front of David, you say, my master is Yoav? That's like insubordination. That was called Mered B'Malchus. And David could have killed him right there. David had the right to kill him there. And that's why, according to Rebbe, he was Chayiv, Uri was Chayiv Misa. The method and way it was enacted, that was the problem. But really, David was not guilty. But again, as we saw earlier, Rob says these are very tortured droshes. <laughs> but Rebbe had to do it. Because remember, we're talking about David Amelech, who was Rebbe's. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.